Welcome everyone to the Cardano Effect Podcast, episode 49. The purpose of this podcast is to take high-level developer information and projects that are occurring within the Cardano space and break them down into bite-sized, consumable pieces of information for everyday use. I'm your host, Philippe, and let's get this podcast started. Rick and I are the hosts of the Cardano Effect Podcast today. Today's gonna be a very relaxed episode. There's not too much stuff that happened or too many newsworthy events that happened this week. A couple big ones that we're going to be going over for most of the time. That's pretty much going to constitute this episode. I want to thank everyone for joining us. It is Saturday evening where we are. Well, early evening. And if you're tuning in, uh, thank you. I know it's a Saturday evening, so I don't know if there are going to be a lot of people in this room, especially the people in other time zones and the European time zones and in the Asian time zones. So we appreciate you joining us for all those that are it's a little bit earlier in the day for those on the West Coast. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope that everyone had a great week. Uh, markets have been a little bit rough this week. There was a huge Bitcoin drop followed by altcoin decimation once again. So it seems like we've been ranging in that three to five cent range for the past few months. So that hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun. It's been stressful. But, you know, if we've made it this far, we're going to continue making it to the next stage. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pass this over to Rick real quick. But I want to say that none of what we say on this podcast is financial advice. Remember, you are your best financial advisor. And if you don't think you are, you need to find someone who's qualified to do so. So without further ado, I know we have a fun episode planned today. Rick, how are you doing today? What's going on? What's happening? Hey, Philippe. Doing well, thanks. I was a little bit ill this morning, and that's why we had a late start today, so I apologize for that. But we're here, up and running. Happy birthday, Cardano. Happy birthday, Ada. I thought the precise birthday was on September 29th, uh, but it's, I guess, September 28th. I thought the first block was on the 29th. But um, yeah, hey, 28th, that's, that's the official uh, anniversary day. I want to give a shout out to IOHK, our, the sponsor for our podcast. Thank you all very much. For sponsoring us. We very much appreciate it. I would also like to remind new viewers that this podcast is available on Google Play Music, iHeart, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all of your favorite streaming apps. We're on everything. All right. This is Ada's uh, birthday, right? <laughs> and I got a little special thing going on here. Right. Yeah. Let me see if I can do this. This is going to be funny. Yeah, this is going to be funny. I had to get my torch going. Okay. Happy birthday, Ada! We can't sing the happy birthday song. Oh, we can't. Are we gonna get? Uh, we're gonna get flagged. That's a copyright strike. Oh, okay. But what we do have is we have a birthday cake for Ada. Happy birthday, Cardano! Happy birthday, Cardano! Watch, I'm gonna spill this cake on the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> okay, take us through this thought process. Take us through what happened, Rick, with this cake. Can you see the cake? It says Charles Shoe. <laughs> That's Charles Shoe right there. Yeah. Ah, the two fell over. Oh, At least it was over. only the number two fell over. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew something was going to fall over, man. Yeah. Gravity wins. You cannot beat gravity. All right. So I've got the, uh, here, let me fix the two. Watch. This is going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to end up like the three or four or five stooges by the yeah. time I get done destroying this cake. All right. So uh, we got the birthday cake because it's Cardano's birthday. Yes. We've got the A to A on the shoe. I don't want to put an NB on the shoe, right? So this morning there was an announcement that Cardano has a partnership with New Balance. Yes. So I got the cake with the shoe on it. But the whole reason I got the cake with the shoe on it isn't the New Balance thing. It's uh, There was also an announcement that the uh, Shelly will not go live in, on the mainnet until 
Q1 of 2020. Now that's shoe eating criteria. And <laughs> that's shoe eating criteria, isn't it, Philippe? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It said it'll be up by okay. And I said on a previous episode that if Charles has to eat his shoe, I'm gonna help him eat it. Right? Never quit. Never give up. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Never quit. Yeah. So I'm gonna help him eat his shoe. Yeah. And the shoe was supposed to say New Balance. Let us know what happened at the at the grocery store when you were picking that up. Oh, I asked the person who was uh, making the cake, who who was put decorating the cake, putting the shoe on. I said, "Can you put the uh, put the just put the letter N on there?" And they said, "What?" I said, "N N." You know, like after the letter M. And they said, "Uh, I said like in New Balance." And they said, "Oh, we can't put a New Balance. We can't put an N on there. That's a copyright violation." And I said, "Okay, just just put an N on it because it's the letter N." They said, "No, we can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get the icing. It, this is the ugliest cake, man. I could win an ugly cake award with this bad boy. No, this it looks the ugliest good. Cake. Well, I put the letter. So they made the shoe and the laces, and that was it. From and afar, then, it and looks- then a couple of guys, me and my uh, audio technician here, Kyle. We put we we decorated. Kyle decorated it, and I, I put the letters on. Yeah, it looks congruent from far. It looks congruent. It might not look that congruent up close, but I see everything. I see the shoe. I see the New Balance shoe. We're not even supposed to say New Balance. We might get a copyright for that. Now, um, we can say that because I wear Under Armour shirts, right? I wear Under Armour shirts on and it has a logo. That is true. That is true. Right? That is true. But yeah, there we go, man. Let me get the cake out of here. It's still going to taste good. Yeah. It, it's still going to be delicious, man. I don't care how ugly that cake is. It's, at least it's not going to taste like a, a cowboy boot. Yeah. But I'm going to eat that shoe, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could send you some. <laughs> we might as well get into the first newsworthy event of the week. And I don't even have to switch over to Reddit to, to talk about it. So basically, a couple days ago, the networking phase for Shelly was released. So this is the second phase of staking, as you can see. So there's still, I see some comments on my YouTube channel and I see some comments on Twitter. I think there's a little bit of confusion. The mainnet is not live yet. We have the networking phase where the nodes are going to communicate with each other. This is for stake pools and stake pool operators to get familiarized with the process. But there's a third stage, and that's the snapshot stage. So that's the incentivized testnet stage. And that should be coming in towards the latter part of the year. I'm thinking mid-November. So mid-November, there's probably going to be some kind of snapshot for the incentivized testnet. And then the mainnet will follow, hopefully, in quarter one of 2020. So there's still a couple steps before you can start staking. But if you're going to be delegating to a staking pool with your ADA, there's no possible way to delegate at the moment. There are no rewards being given out. So don't feel like you're missing out. Trust me, before the process starts, there's going to be a lot of a lot of advertisement from stake pools. And there's going to be a lot of information for the end user to get familiarized with the process. But you are not behind the ball or behind the bandwagon whatsoever. We just move from phase one to phase two, and uh, phase three should be later in the year. Uh, Rick, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, only that I started setting up uh, a network node last night at home. Okay. It was interesting, but uh, as far as the timeline is concerned, that's pretty close to what we're expecting is mid-November is incentivized version of the test net. Yes, yes. Is in, in mid-November. Yes, mid-November. And the networking side is out. Networking side is up and running. 
It's not, I mean, it needs a lot of work. The documentation is not perfect. So if you, if you do want to build a networking testnet staking node, there is still work in progress on the documentation. You'll see it update throughout the day sometimes. Yes. And there's no Nix install yet as of today. Samuel Leathers is probably going to work on a Nix install, but we don't know. It's a uh, manual install and compile from a tar GZ file on Mac and Linux and also the uh, same version for Windows. You compile, well, you don't compile, you unzip it, you unpack it, then you configure it. Once you unpack it and configure it, then it'll be good to go. All right. Yes. Yes. We have a couple questions that I wanted to jump to quickly. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the chat. So uh, the lead trans, everyone's saying happy birthday, Cardano. Uh, hey, Quentin, how are you? Uh, happy birthday! Uh, happy birthday to Cardano to everyone else who's enjoying it. Who's enjoying it? I'm not sure. I haven't checked the live stream or any of the uh, the talks that Charles has done, but uh, I, I may sit through that later. But the Lee Trans asked. So part one question: Charles mentioned today that they're going to take a snapshot of the Ada Ledger and pull it into the incentivized sandbox. And part two: My question is that should we be cautious about moving Ada around? Once this incentivized sandbox launches. So Rick and I were talking about this. I don't think that there's going to be any correlation between the testnet, the incentivized testnet, and the mainnet ADA that you hold. So as soon as the snapshot gets taken, you have nothing to worry about with your mainnet ADA. Whether or not you know you can you can do what you want with it. You could sell your ADA, you can move it to an exchange, you can do this, you can do that, but it's going to have no correlation with what's going on with the incentivized testnet. And the theory is that once the rewards happen for, so let's say that, uh, let's say the incentivized testnet happens November, mid-November, and the mainnet hits maybe the end of January or February, the amount of rewards that you get from that period of time to February would be credited to your ADA. I don't know how that will work as far as if you need to provide a, another address or um, it's going to go back to the same address that you use to from the snapshot. That hasn't been figured out yet, but uh, the two are completely different and they're separate and you don't have nothing to worry about after, after the snapshot. Rick, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just pay very close attention as the time approaches. Okay. I get a lot of questions on Telegram all the, you know, all the time about when staking, can I stake on the test net? Can I use DLS? Currently, no. There's multiple test nets. If right now, if you connect a Daedalus test net wallet to the Daedalus test net, it has absolutely nothing to do with the Jormungandr test net. Okay. So the details still need to be worked out. And as you know, the devil's in the details. So pay close attention starting in November and find out precisely what you have to do yes because the part that i can't even connect in my head is if you create the current version api address on the jormungandr testnet how is that address how are you going to take a mainnet address over to the testnet allow it to stake and get rewards and then move that over to the mainnet i can't even like visualize what that's going to look like so I'm going to be paying very close attention when the directions come out. I can I could see maybe vouchers or like a transfer saying, okay, this I don't know, I don't even know. It's blockchain. We shouldn't need to do that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to piece it together, and it's not. I don't see the path. Yes, it's it's going to be a complicated process that IOHK is working on. You know, I know that people are a little bit maybe disappointed that mainnet not may not hit this year, but at least. 
they're putting out an MVP, a minimum viable product, and we're getting the ball rolling. So that's important. Can I clarify something? Yes. Because I'm probably going to cause questions in the chat. The reason I don't see a clear path is I do not think the current Daedalus addresses that start with DD, I don't think once we're in Shelly, we can't use those addresses. So somewhere between now and then, there's going to have to be something to bridge the gap, like a hard fork where you convert those addresses into the Uroi style scheme. You know what I mean? Yes. That's what I mean by I don't, I, don't, I don't see a clear path. It's the same thing with adding ledger support to Daedalus now. I mean, you would have to create a new address to send it to that ledger specific address. There's no way to bridge that gap whatsoever. I mean, the addresses were, were created at this point of time and the code has has evolved to this. So in order to move your ADA onto a ledger or to testnet or get rewards, it's going to have to be a kind of a new system where new addresses are going to have to be generated. That's that's my guess. Okay. All right. Let me see if we got we got some comments in the chat there. Uh, after Shelly Mainnet in Q1 2020 from James Jean Casso, Cardano will be totally decentralized. So how do you think IOHK will update the protocol without Voltaire governance for Gogol and Basho phases concretely? I think there's a lot of work being done on the, the future phases already. Remember, there's at least four parallel efforts going on at the same time, but I'm not sure. I don't know the answers to everything. I just try my best to answer stuff. And sometimes I get burned by trolls for it, but I don't care. <laughs> All right. But, but James, that it is a really good question. Cardano will be totally decentralized. Voting will not occur until Voltaire and afterwards. So I have no idea how the voting will occur prior to Voltaire. And so he's got a great question there. It's kind of still hanging out there, but great question, Jim. Yes. All right. We hit our three big ones. It was the uh, happy birthday, Ada. Happy birthday, Cardano. The test net release, big news. And the New Balance Partnership surprise announcement this morning. So let's talk about the New Balance a little bit because it was just a snippet from Charles earlier today on Twitter. And basically how I understood it, the sound was a little bit grainy, is that uh, IOHK, or I, I'm assuming that it's going to be using some version of Cardano. Or I don't know if it's going to be uh, uh, a project like Atala where IOHK is is working with New Balance or is this going to be working directly with ADA on the Cardano blockchain? Not sure yet. He said Cardano blockchain, but we can't we can't speculate until more details come out. He said October 14th is supposed to be the, the press release day. And I'm assuming that we're going to hear news from New Balance, the company themselves. And if anyone's familiar with New Balance, they make running shoes, different sports apparel. They're a very big company. And uh, I'm not sure what their solutions are for blockchain. They said something about product authentication. So maybe making sure that certain new balances are authentic versus fakes. I'm sure there's a huge problem with that in the shoe industry and the apparel industry. Knockoffs. I mean, if you see Nike knockoffs and Adidas knockoffs, there are new balance knockoffs as well. So making sure that I don't... I. I when you see when you go to stores and you purchase products like you purchase electronic products and they have a serial number whether it's uh, imprinted onto the actual device or on the box itself identifying that this came from this particular factory and it's it's part of this production run maybe it's the same thing maybe they're going to have some kind of QR code on the shoe that's going to make sure that this is authenticated and you can maybe scan it with your phone and it, it brings up a blockchain record or something that this was produced in this factory by New Balance, by this person, shipped out of this port, 
who knows? Who knows? That's what I'm envisioning. It could be something completely different, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully, it's actually – hopefully, they're transacting. They're using – one thing that I want to clarify, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, is that uh, he said that the, the partnership was going to be somewhere along the lines of the beginning of 2020. So I wouldn't anticipate that New Balance would use the Cardano ecosystem unless they were using smart contracts. So – Maybe smart contracts are coming soon. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just speculating, but uh, it should be interesting to find out some more information. Yeah. I think with the New Balance thing, I'm speculating that maybe they'll use like RFID tags and attach it to the shoe, you know, where they put the little uh, plastic hoop that holds something on, on the shoe. Maybe it's an RFID. Yes. Okay. Because those are pretty cheap. And if it keeps your shoes from being counterfeited, it's probably worth the trade-off. By putting a cheap little RFID tag on there that, that can't be counterfeited. Yes, yes. Like I'm thinking a QR code, they might be able to take a picture of that. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. That's all. I'm just thinking out loud. They might be able they might be able to they might be able to replicate that. But an RFID tag with a blockchain encoded key. There's probably smart people out there that already got this figured out. But you know, that's all I'm thinking. Yes, yep. yes. It, it's it, it's a it's a strange, I mean. Whenever you hear of partnerships with certain companies and blockchain companies, you always try to speculate what's going what's how is this going to affect the price? I mean, are they actually going to be using ADA? You know, it, it's one thing if like New Balance opened up a portal on their website saying that you can buy certain shoes or you can buy certain apparel with ADA. That would lead to more transactions, but running a smart contract is this going to be on some sort of separate ledger? That IOHK creates that may interoperate with the Cardano blockchain, or is this going to be completely integrated with the project and uh, transactions and money is going to be flowing from side to side? So I, I, it's it's very difficult to speculate what what the end uh, what the end effect is going to be, and uh, this is new stuff. So we're going to, we're going to be exposed to it pretty soon, and we're going to be able to see. Oh wow, you know. Partnering with apparel companies or product-related companies and moving information from their blockchain from their company to the blockchain is actually going to increase the price of ADA by this, this, and this reason. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. We yeah. will see. I think you're right on touching on the smart contracts too. That might ha- that might come into play because what I've seen this week so far in the news is there's these smart contracts on Ethereum that are just they're problematic. They're not correct. But at the birthday event today in Plovdiv, they were talking about verifiable smart contracts using Plutus, which we have on two previous episodes as well with guests that we had on. They're verifiable and they're made right. You construct them correctly and you can verify that they're correct. That way you're not having people hack or steal money from something that they, they shouldn't be taking. Someone asked me how I'm doing with the test now. Let me see that. Uh, oh, it was zero, triple zero, zero, triple zero. How you doing? Thanks for the question. He said, Rick, how are you going with the Shelly Network Test Nest? Are many in the community getting it up and running? I'm doing kind of okay. I got it partially running. I still have some configuration I need to work out. And the only way I'm able to work out some of the detail, a lot of the details is by asking my the fellow smart people who are in Telegram and I say, hey, how do you do that? How did you get that to work? And then we talk through it and eventually you figure it out. Um, so 
Yeah, I'm still working. Mine's up and running. The node is counting. The only problem I have so far is that I'm not seeing the blocks increment once I, once my node is up and running. It'll download the entire blockchain and halt. A couple other people saw that, but most a lot of people got it working. It doesn't pause. So they there's people who have it working. Uh, I think they asked how many people. I saw a lot. I'd say six or eight people active in chat last night. More than that. More than that. Um 10 people active in chat. There were up to possibly 200 connections in the middle of the day. That doesn't tell you how many people are running it. It only tells you how many connections the nodes are seeing from the IOHK perspective. Then later in the evening, it was down to 100 connections. So it was some number less than 100, but we do not know how many that was. There's people who are out there quietly bringing nodes online on the test net. They're, okay. So that's just an idea. It's something less than 100 as of late last night. Oh yeah, I'm getting to Greg. Thank you. Greg said, Rick, try setting public address in the node config. I try, I, I did try that once and then I got, um, a connection warning, uh, at boot, but I think you might be right. I'm going to give that a shot a little bit later tonight. Thank you, Greg. Reddit time. Reddit time. We did cover some things on Reddit already, but the, uh, I'm on Reddit. So we're on the Cardano Reddit sorted by top this week, top this week. And what's number one on our list? Charles Hoskinson looks like the Cardano network test net is coming out today and tomorrow. And it did. I'll tweet the links when we officially announce. Thanks everyone for the hard work and happy testing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, that was posted. I thought that was posted by Reddit user, Denny B two zero one zero two days ago. Thank you, Denny. He posted the tweet from Charles. And we have the same tweet official announcement of the network test net. So as like I was saying before this week, it was all about the test net and the shoe sponsorship. So a lot of repeat posts here, but everyone was very excited. But the third post, we can move down to the third post. And that was important. Uh, Ada was on Binance US, which is official from Revs Johnson. So Binance, if you can remember in the summer, they kicked out a lot of the US customers, all the US customers. And then they had this platform where they were going to call it Binance.us, and that was going to be U.S. friendly for U.S. investors. If you are a U.S. citizen, you know that here in this country, we have um, we have some regulations when it comes to investing in crypto. It's not the easiest thing in the world, and regulation is not clear, so it's always an on and off switch with many different crypto projects. One day they're listed, one day they're removed, but uh, having as many platforms to purchase ADA is, is important. I wanted to argue, uh, also say that while this is good news for some, it's not good news for everyone. Binance US still has restrictions for certain states, and those certain states are Alabama, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Louisiana, New York, North Carolina, Texas, Vermont, and Washington. So if you're in the other, I don't know, 40 or so states, you are good to go, but uh, uh, some some states with some quite high populations are still restricted. So I still consider this uh, this is this very restrictive. And uh, I'm in one of those states, so it, it means very little to me at this point, Binance US. But if you're in one of those lucky states, good for you and take advantage of it. Yep. And also, you, you, you always have Bittrex and Kraken available. Kraken yes. has direct ADA. And I, I buy ETH or something somewhere else and I move it over to Bittrex and trade it because it's fun. It's kind of like gambling. It's like, ooh, can, what can I get today? <laughs> Not financial <laughs> advice. As a matter of fact, the opposite of financial advice. Whatever I say, do the opposite. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Philippe, the only accurate prediction I ever made was two months ago. Uh, someone asked me, you made Sidoff asked me to make a prediction on the market on crypto Twitter. And I said, yeah, it's going to go sideways for the next three months and it'll be boring like watching paint dry. I was actually correct for once, ever. You were spot on, spot on. It really, it's moved up, moved down. I mean, it's right back to where it started a few months ago. So Rick, you need to become one of those uh, crypto Twitter, Twitter, crypto Twitter personalities, those trading personalities. Oh God, no, they know who I am. Yeah. I'll get arrested, man. <laughs> I'll be in prison. I'll get a jail cell right next to John McAfee. Oh man, oh man. Because <laughs> they know me. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, this it's that guy. No, the only thing I ever called right was going sideways. Oh, I think it's going up. So I buy some. Oh, it went down. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it's, it's going to go down. I'm going to sell. It went up. The, the, the key is to just have a long-term perspective and just, uh, you know, try to try to weather through the storm because it is, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. And it doesn't seem like, I don't know when our reprieve is coming, but, uh, I'm not sure if it's soon. I'm not sure if we're going to have a quarter four run. Uh, hopefully, we have a little bit of relief for buyers. You know, even it doesn't have to go up ten thousand percent, but hopefully, you know, we can climb above uh, safe levels. You know, <laughs> double or triple in price from here. That would be good for everyone. I like the way you said that safe levels because right now we're in the <laughs> we're we're in the. How, how would you say it? I know I'm below my daily cost average right now. That's all I can say about that. Yes. I'm going to go back to Reddit. Thank you, Reddit user Rev Z Johnson for posting that. And uh, we got a big bravo from the team where Daniel posted uh, the tweet. The next one is Shelly Testnet released after months of development. That's another one we already touched on. That was posted by Andix3. And uh, yeah, so test the Shelly Testnet is up and running on for network, network technology. Rewards is yet to come. And oh, the, the next one is a network from uh, Reddit user Vanderkant. Cardano takes the next step towards decentralized. Yeah, this is up. the same. Yeah, this is the same. You know, everyone has been posting about the network debut. So I think these are the same articles, more or less regurgitated. Um, you know, these, these, the problem I have with these articles is they lead to a lot of false information because. The title is Cardano takes the next step towards a decentralized future as Shelly Testnet makes its network debut. Um, it gives the impression that the testnet is completely out and functional, which it's not. This is the network debut. So the word network should have probably been put before. So it's not so clickbaity because people just read this quickly and say, oh, wow, the testnet is out. And then you get people that are commenting, oh, where do I stake my ADA? Do this, do that. Instead, it's the next stage of the test net as we climb towards the, um, as we climb towards uh, mainnet. So hopefully uh, the titles can get a little bit less. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they, they can be a little bit incorrect at times. Well, that's why we're here to help process it, you know, into something that's a, a little, maybe a little bit more accurate, but sometimes I'm not more accurate. Sometimes I screw it all up, but uh, I will tell you is the, the, the Shelly test net network is working as far as it decentralized, I can see I can see public IP addresses that are out there across the world. When I connected my node up, it was connected to Berlin, Tokyo, and Singapore, and uh, there were there were seven IP address connections total to the trusted nodes. But there are a lot of people who are working on that test net who've gotten connected to 
Uh, they're connecting peer to peer. So people are on Telegram talking to each other and saying, hey, can I get your public IP address? Can you get mine? And then they'll get the staking certificate. They'll they'll send the certificate and then connect. Or yeah. at least it that's where the current level of effort is, is getting the nodes connected. That's where we're at. Yes. The Ouroboros protocol is running in the background. You know, so the protocols are running. Now it's just a matter of getting that network piece. The peer discovery, that is the most important part. Currently, your your wallets come up, they're federated, they go look at certain nodes, it's forced delegation, you know, and the Ouroboros protocol is running in the background. With now they're just taking that and putting in the peer discovery and getting that smoothed out on the test net. And that's gonna allow for decentralization. And as soon as we hit mainnet. I'm not sure how gradual the process will be, but um, if you were at the IOHK summit, they were talking about how it's going to be a gradual reduction from the federated nodes to the community nodes. So it's not going to be all at once, all the pools. IOHK will still have a line share until it slowly trickles down to the community. This way it, pro it provides easy access and uh, easy transition to become decentralized. So even when we hit the mainnet, I don't think we're going to be completely decentralized, but we should be decentralized shortly after that. I don't know how yeah. long the time pro the the calendar is for that. Yeah. Have you heard it like this? Oh, here's one way of putting it. Right now it's 100% federated and at some point it'll go 90% federated, 10%, then down, you know, 60% federated, 40% decentralized. Then at some point throw the switch and poof, it's, you know, 100% decentralized. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but it's going to be a scaling process. Yes, it's going to be a scaling process. Yeah. I'm going to check questions here because there was a lot of good news in Reddit, but there are three big there were three huge things that were dominating and that was the release of the testnet, the new balance surprise announcement this morning and the, of course the birthday which has been planned uh for well over a year, 2 years now, right? Yes. All right. So you can see if there's anything else in uh on Reddit that you want to hit on, and I'm going to check the chat here. We still got about 20 minutes left. I wanted to cover, um, there was another article, I mean, another article that was put on to Cardano. So it said from Design Boss and the $100 trillion opportunity, the race to provide banking to the world's poor. So it was a Forbes art article about how the unbanked need to be banked and how they're excluded from our financial system. So getting them onto a, and I guess the, the key is here that uh, Cardano could be a contender to get some of that market share for the unbanked populations. You know, it'd be nice to see, uh, you know, there's different strategies to actually get unbanked people banked within, within the crypto markets. I mean, I think it's a little bit, uh, the lines are a little bit obfuscated sometimes. So I know Cardano has had its Africa initiatives. We haven't heard much afterwards as to what's going on as far as the Atala project and what's going on to actually get people using the blockchain. And I think it's going to take time. I don't think that uh, the world's most impoverished people are going to just jump in and buy digital assets and uh, store their store their wealth in digital assets. It's a it's a trust issue, and it's also an issue of uh, insecurity as far as you know. How can I get this out as quick as possible? Maybe the government doesn't allow you to switch from ADA back to your local currency. I mean, if you're living on on a, a dollar or two a day, or you're living on not a lot of money per month, that's that's not going to be possible. And you're also not going to take 
chances with speculative currencies that could decrease 20, 30, 40% in one day. I mean, this is your family hoods, you know, if you're buying a bag of rice, you know, you can buy your bag of rice with the salary that you made for that day. You can't speculate on ADA to buy that bag of rice because if it goes down 20 to 30%, you can't feed your family. So there's, I, I, I kind of switched my perspective of how this transition is going to be and how we're going to get unbanked populations on. But until we hit that stage of interoperability, until we hit that stage of allowing people to bring whatever currencies that they have or tokenizing their assets on the blockchain um, or just just creating a little more of a seamless route, whether that's through a stable coin or some kind of protocol that allows them to maximize their return and guarantee that they're not going to lose value. We're not getting on the unbanked population on blockchain. It's just not, you know, at, see how tentative you are to make your to make even additional investments with your money. I mean, most people here have lost a, a hi kids ton of money. Uh, sorry for my language. Uh, in blockchain. And you know, like, you know that you're in trouble from someone, you're hiding how much money you've actually invested in blockchain from someone, whether that be your partner, or your parents, or your siblings, you're hiding it from someone, the true pain or the true magnitude of what's happening. So imagine you living in a Western country doing that, and you're even tentative to invest even more money into it, even though you may still have a little bit more expendable income. Think about an impoverished person who's living on on just the bare minimum. And sorry for that rant. That was pretty long-winded. No, so we do have to address the whole idea. I know people would love to see banking the unbanked. You know, that's a great buzzword. How do you do it? One step at a time. One little tiny thing at a time. It's going to take years. Yeah. It's going to take years. It is. Because people don't trust it. I know people in first world countries, they don't trust cryptocurrencies. I call them normal people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The normal people don't trust cryptocurrencies. Okay. I've got family members and I tell it to them. I, I had them install, you know, an, an app and say, Here, let's try it. So I'm going to show you how it works. And like, nah, <laughs> nah, really? <laughs> nah. They just put it. You can't convince them. You you can't convince somebody when they say, nah, yeah. I don't have I don't want that. Yeah. You know, it's not like they need it. It's not like the meat and potatoes of life. Yeah. But in some countries where they do need a financial stack. Yes, it would be great to have a, a cryptocurrency. I don't plan on making bank off of a bunch of poor people. That's not my game plan. Yeah. My game plan is, you know, I'm going to make bank because the technology wins. Yes. Because it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Yes. That's my game plan. It's like, which, which, which is the winning protocol? Yes. Which protocol is going to win? There are some really good ones out there, not just Cardano. Cardano is not the only project out there. It's not the only project. And it's not the only project moving. And there are projects moving quicker. There are projects moving slower. There are a lot of different protocols out there that are going to be offering solutions. And one thing that I do want to stress for Cardano is this idea of interoperability. And people then, the unbanked population, they don't necessarily have to hold ADA for the value of our ADA to go up. They just have to be interoperating within a smart contract that allows their currency, their bridge currency, or their currency to swap to ADA quickly and swap back in, in seconds. And that adds a transaction to the epoch. And the more transactions within each epoch means the higher staking rewards. So they don't necessarily have to hold ADA in order for our staking rewards to go up. 
it has to be about the utility of the blockchain. But until I see actual interoperability between uh, their local currency and and ADA, there's going to be no no effect from the unbanked populations communicating with ADA or affecting the price for us speculators and investors. Yep. You know, I saw a really cool stable coin because you told me last week, Philippe, if you guys recall, Philippe said on last week's podcast, he said, if you go into Coinbase and you find the, the to- you click on the tokens there or the coins and do their little learning thing, it was pretty cool. I learned something. And I got $37 worth of tokens by doing all five different ones. Now, I can't do any more because I did all of them. One of them, all I did is I verified my Brave browser and it gave me $7 worth of Brave. Yeah. One really cool thing I learned was the DAI token, D-A-I, is a stable coin. I saw how it works, which is really cool. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Now, it's an interesting concept. I think. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a winning protocol because it's an Ethereum ERC20 token. So I just sold it off. I got my die and I said, okay, great. That's really neat. But uh, it's really neat to learn how it stays stable because there's a smart contract that stabilizes the coin because people either buy or sell into it. And it automatically stabilizes between about 97 cents and a dollar three, a dollar and three cents. Yes. And they explained it, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool because of the people buying and selling the way the smart contract set up. That's what stabilized it. Then I said, well, it's an ERC-20 token, so it's freaking, you know, I don't care about that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I already lost enough money on ERC-20 tokens. I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm out, man. <laughs> Y'all can have fun with it. Worst one I ever bought was Spade. What a piece of junk that was. Yeah. Some dev made a website. Oh, look, we got it. We're going to make gambling. I'm like, gambling? That's my game, buddy. And go, yeah, I lost all my damn money. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brutal out here. You, I bought them. I bought the tokens. Now they're worthless. You're not the only one that has bought worthless I do tokens. it, man. No more ERC-20s for me. Yeah. <laughs> 223s, maybe. Ethereum Classic, maybe. Ethereum is cool, but I'm done with those ERC-20s, man. But at the end of the day, Ethereum is progressing. I mean, they are they all they do have plans to release Ethereum 2.0, move to staking at some point, and they still at the end of the day have all the market share for smart contracts, whether we like it or not. Like they run the smart contract game. And if a company is using a product right now, they don't have a lot of options. And that's the one thing that uh, we need to make sure that we release these products as soon as possible, these minimum viable products, get Plutus on the mainnet, start building smart contracts. Because what's going to happen is even though we may have a better platform, there may be so many companies that are already built on some sort of legacy platform like Ethereum. And it's satisfactory because they can do stuff off chain and just bring the the, the guts to the on-chain transactions. Like they can just do most of the transactions off the network and just communicate once in a while with Ethereum. And if we have that, they're going to have no incentive to switch to Cardano because the network effect of so many different companies using Ethereum is not going to die out anytime soon. Because I've heard that large Fortune 500 companies are building Ethereum projects, building ERC-20 tokens, and they're putting millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment into it. And they're not going to just jump ship. You know, So we need to make sure that the next wave of companies that builds projects on blockchain, we have a product ready to sell them. We have to have our store open in order to get clients. So I think it's it's about time. It'll get there. 
I think there will be a, a much quicker turnaround to Gogwin because there's so much stuff already built. The The hard part is deploying it into the real world. You can do a lot of work. You can do PowerPoints. You can do demos. You can make playgrounds. And they're in a controlled environment. The absolute hardest thing to do is put it out in the real world. I admire those software engineers that can do it. I really do. You guys know, I know I sound critical sometimes. I got some uh, comments in here. Darko said he bought the die and then traded it for XRP. Good for you, man. Darko Gospovic, he got the die and then traded for XRP on the uh, the Coinbase stuff. Trade, yeah, you can always get it and trade for your favorite your favorite tokens. Old Paz Singh says, I have an invisible car payment. The car is invisible. The payment goes to crypto every month. I hope it is worth more than a 10-year-old car in a decade. <laughs> yeah, that's a good strategy. <laughs> you know, and you know, the that's a, there's a thing. I hope everyone, you know, has a couple bags of different projects, making sure that you had your bets. So, you know, you know, like this blockchain is serving this community and this there, different blockchain projects have different niches and what Cardano competes in, another cryptocurrency may not compete in. So having having hedging your bets into multiple different projects, not spreading yourself too thin, but uh, also not going in on completely one project because at the end of the day, multiple projects will succeed. It's not going to just be one. And uh, there are a lot of good contenders out there or a lot of teams that are working. We don't know what's going to win, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the ones that are going to win are the ones that have a large circulatory system. That's why I'm kind of like I push back on ERC-20 because it has a very close circulatory. It's between the developer and you, the user, right? You buy the token, then you trade it for the service, and then now they have it back. Then where does it go? Well, they sell it to someone else and then it gets traded back. I don't, I don't understand the rest of the circulatory system. If you have a big circulatory system like Fiat does, then... It, then value can grow or expand. It doesn't mean your wallet's going to get bigger. It just means that you'll get greater adoption. But I think the closed circulatory system, that's another thing I don't understand. I don't understand what the model is for these tokens that have one specific purpose and they have a closed loop circulatory system. What provides the voltage to keep them moving? I think a really good DAP would, if something was just amazing, you're like, oh yeah, I got to have that. But if it's a mediocre DAP, kind of like, almost all the dApps so far. It's not going to incentivize people. They're going to be like, yeah, that's nice. So um, not all the dApps. They're like Chainlink is killing it right now. Yeah, Chainlink is killing it. Like in Bruce City brought up a good one. Bruce City said, I almost bought an adult entertainment. Of course, he didn't say adult entertainment. Adult entertainment crypto token. I figure everyone loves adult entertainment. But I changed my mind and didn't buy it. You know, I would have bought it. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been like, people love that stuff. <laughs> it was Verge. Someone says it was Verge. Like Hempcoin. Hempcoin had its day. I don't know what's going to happen to it now. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Gambling coins, adult entertainment coins. People are like, I want to save the world and help poor people who are unbanked. Now that everyone else is like, I want to gamble and buy some of that adult entertainment. But it's serving a use. It's it serving is. a use case, you know, especially in that industry where things have to be so private and people want to remain as anonymous as possible. So blockchain serves for those illicit activities, whether that's, you know, I mean, like you think about like Monero, you know, it's like <laughs> you can buy drugs and do all sorts of illegalities with Monero. And I'm not, this is not uh, any advice, but 
it can be done. It can be done. And it serves a purpose. There needs to be that market because people need to get whatever fixes that they need. And I'm all I'm a proponent for that. Go go for it if you can. Yeah. And Monero is a great example. You could do anything you want with it. You could do international yeah. arms deals, although okay, yeah. I know crypto yeah. gets beat up over stuff like that. But um Monero's there was a really funny meme on Monero where someone posted the top 100 rich list on Monero. And then it was oh, just yeah. a bunch of question marks. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. If you guys got yeah. good memes, throw them out there on crypto Twitter. I love, I love funny memes. I've been making fun of, I've been making memes, making fun of the Bitcoin power consumption uh, on Twitter. If you check out my oh, Twitter, yeah. Richard McCracken without the E before the end, uh, I make all those memes myself and they're cheesy. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're not cool memes, but one of them is Bitcoin is presently burning 53 terawatts, terawatt hours per year. And Cardano is only going to use an estimated 60 kilowatt hours per year. I did a measurement on my node. Okay, last year, my uh, our proof of work miner burned 2,000 watts. And we got rid of it because you couldn't the, pay the electricity to keep up with it. 2,000 watts. I ran Yom and Gander and plugged it into the same meter. And it registered 8 watts. Okay. Okay. What's more power, 2000 Watts or eight Watts? I don't care if you're using renewable energy resources or a nuclear reactor, or we're on nuclear power here, or it's, this is majority nuclear power. Yeah. It still costs more. You know, it does. I'm on nuclear power. Uh, I got the cheapest power in the country. Probably almost not quite, but close. It's a complete fallacy to think that even though renewable power, like that's a that's an argument from BTC maximalists and BTC proof of work maximalists that everything is running on renewable power, which is incorrect. Most of it is on dirty, but most of it is running on coal and every other dirty source of energy that we have on this planet. I just screen capped it today. China is China is 60 percent coal. Yeah. And then yeah. the, the other energy sources that aren't coal is like natural gas and then some, and it's like t- 20%. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, hydropower and renewables. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, the total might be uh, 30% some of renewable source of energy. They're not running on hydropower. I got a picture right there on my Twitter. There's a Bitcoin farm and a smokestack in the background with exactly. big giant power lines. That doesn't, exactly. and it's on flat ground. It's on flat ground. Dude, there's no hydropower on flat ground. There's none. There's none. Bitcoin maximalists, they spin that narrative. And I, I don't want to sp- I don't want to go hard on them, but like they make it, they give you that whole image that there's just a whole bunch of people riding electric bikes and powering Bitcoin miners, and they're just sitting there and you know burning human energy in order to power these ASIC miners, but it's not true. The energy is dirty, the power sources are dirty, the consumption is dirty, and it's just a waste. It's a waste. Yeah, that, that energy could otherwise be used somewhere else. Exactly. You're saying, oh, I'm using it for Bitcoin mining because it's hydropower. Okay, well, that hydropower could just be used elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. For something more productive, if you're running Cardano. Like powering people's, uh, powering the unbanked homes, you know, who don't have electricity, you know? So you're just going to be powering your Bitcoin transactions for what? And you, were, you, did a, you did a visual comparing the energy usage of visa how many transactions visa i i forgot what the visual was but uh i can pull up on my twitter but you can get a hundred thousand a hundred thousand visa transactions and it's a much lower power consumption for one bitcoin worth of transaction i'm going yeah 
you know, if Bitcoin were invented first before Visa and then people invented Visa, people would be like, oh, wow, Whew, thank God we got Visa that we won't burn all that energy. No, I'm not beating up Bitcoin, but I also have another comparison that shows an old computer and a new computer, and you can compare anything. It's simply Bitcoin is the old technology. That's all it is. Bitcoin is the older version and Cardano and Stellar and XRP are newer versions and EOS and all these other proof of stake are newer versions. So we're not stuck. Satoshi Nakamoto never said, thou shalt use Bitcoin forever. He never said that, right? If if he if he knew people were burning, uh, he or she knew that we were burning 53 terawatt hours per year, they'd be like, oof, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. Okay, maybe we should th- think about this and make proof of stake protocols. You know, if, if Satoshi's still alive, we're probably working on it. <laughs> And it's only the beginning. Just like the price goes exponential with Bitcoin, the energy usage also goes exponential. As the price increases, the amount of energy that's going to be used is increasing. So it's uh, it's just a complete fallacy. And I don't care if Visa centralized. Visa is not dropping 20% in one day, you know, like as far as your your monetary transactions, swiping your card. And uh, that's, not a, that's not a good argument. And in, in addition to that, you got to wait a ton of time for Bitcoin transactions to go through. The fees are outrageous, outrageous. I mean, even now, it's it's not like what it was in the bull run of 2017, but I sent Bitcoin the other day. I think it was like $50, 50 US dollars of Bitcoin. And I paid, I don't know, it was like close to $2 in fees. And it, it doesn't seem, it's just a lot. It seems like a lot, you know, like I can move money quicker with PayPal, it could be free. I can move things. I don't need it. You know, I don't need it. Yeah. And you know who's you know who's bleeding me out is Coinbase. They're bleeding yeah. me out, man. Oh my goodness. Every time I, I, I do I do payday buying, you know, and I, I go in there and say, All right, how much can I get this time around? And I go to buy it. And I, let's say I put in two hundred bucks and they hit me with like twenty bucks or more worth of fees. Nobody I, I no one hits me with twenty bucks worth of fees. I can get cash out of an ATM. You know, for $2.75 every single time up to like either $300 or $1,000. But I buy $200 worth and I get hit with a $20 fee. And I'm like, gee, cripes, man. These guys are killing me. Yeah, no, they are. I don't, yeah, I, I started looking through it and I was like, man, I got that counts against me. And yeah. it's not on my Blockfolio either. That Those fees that I've been paying to Coinbase, they're not on Blockfolio. You, it, it ruins the whole dollar, dollar cost averaging strategy. I mean, I think that uh, back then when prices were so low and they had the potential to appreciate, it didn't matter as much. And I doubt that Coinbase fees were as high back then because they were still such a small budding company. I remember I bought a little bit of crypto in 2013. So I have to check to see the fees, the fee comparison from then to now. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like how much money are you getting? How much Bitcoin are you actually getting off that $200? It's very little. And uh it, 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 you're not maximizing your you, you're not maximizing your potential. It's it's so much it's so much lost. And why is it lost? Not only you're paying Coinbase, but you're paying those miners. Those miners. It's you the Bitcoin. It's just bleeding itself every day. Although the price is increasing, you have to pay a ton of money to miners. Yeah. Well, well, someone's going to get that in a closed loop system. And Bitcoin is a closed loop system with a limited number of coins. All right. If somebody makes money, that means somebody else lost money. Usually me, but you know, it, that's what it means. 
The only way someone else is going to make money off of it is if someone else loses money off of it, right? And hopefully Cardano overcomes that um, problem. And, you know, it's overcoming the power problem, which is a problem, right? Uh, and hopefully it overcomes that in uh, the transaction fee problem. Oh, that's why uh, I was a little bit pissed off with ERC-20 tokens. The number one biggest problem, in my opinion, my take on it, number one biggest problem is the gas because you got to always sit, have ETH sitting somewhere. Right now, I can't cancel a certain transaction I have sitting out there because I don't have any. I don't have enough ETH, so I got to send. Uh, I only got a tiny little bit of ETH, so I got to send some ETH over there to cancel that transaction. Okay, it's too complicated. You're not going to get people to buy their groceries with that kind of stuff. The ETH gas calculation, and last time I did it, it said twenty one thousand, and then I would use like like twelve gui. And the gas limit was set to 21,000. Now the gas limit was set to like 208,000. And I had to up it to like 17 gui before the, the thing would al allow it. And I'm like, okay, this, this was fun to play with, it, it used, but not anymore. It's no longer fun to play with all those numbers. I'm like, nah, something has to happen. Definitely. And I think ETH can do it. I think they can fix it. Yeah. I think they can fix it. Because there's a lot of smart people. It's just currently, you're not going to get mass adoption with all that complexity and all the tooling required for a regular person to make a regular transaction. Yes. It's just too much. It's too yes, much. It is I got to be practical about it. At the end of the day, I think that Bitcoin is like the Hummer back in the day. You know, when you, back in the day, the Hummer used to be such a popular car in the U.S., it was a symbol of wealth. It was a symbol of like you just not carrying, like you just having disposable income just to burn as much gas as possible. While it was a cool looking vehicle, it wasn't economical. It, it didn't make sense to drive something that was getting such low gas mileage as your everyday vehicle. I mean, whether or not people in this chat get Lambos and cars that consume gas, but you're getting it for a particular reason. And that's understandable. But Hummer was supposed to be this everyday daily driver that, uh, burned a lot of gas and that was really cool and now when you see someone with a hummer it's usually looks beat up uh it looks like they didn't get a lot of trade-in value for it you know a car max is only giving them you know five hundred dollars to trade in their hummer i don't know i mean i i think that's perspectives change and put the money aside i know all i mean twitter and youtube is just full of nonsense i mean people are telling you that bitcoin is going to go to ten trillion dollars and, you know, who cares if it does or not? Put the money aside and ask yourself, does this make sense? Does, does the protocol make sense? Do the fees make sense? Does this make sense as a currency? People are going to say store of wealth, store of value. You know, anything could be a store of value. If you bought Pokemon cards back in the day, that's a store of value. I mean, some of Pokemon cards are selling for a lot of money. If you bought video games or you bought certain antique items. That's a store of value. Anything can be a store of value. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, your house is a store of value. It goes up 10, 20 years, the value goes up. So yeah. take that with a grain of salt. And, and, and Satoshi never called Bitcoin a store of value. Satoshi called it a peer-to-peer -peer digital cash system. Okay. He didn't say it was a store of value, or at least it wasn't designed. You can use it for whatever you want, right? Yeah. You know, you could tell me this is a screwdriver. Now, if I stick it in a light socket, well, I did something different with it, right? Yeah. 
But yeah, it was a peer-to-peer digital cash cash system. And now you have a lot of people on crypto Twitter who are holding a lot of Bitcoin who are calling it a store of value because they bought their Lambos with Bitcoin. Great. That's and awesome. <laughs> I am, yeah. uh, I, that's incredible. And I admire you. And that's yeah. why I'm in the game. I'm yes. in the game. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, it was like, dude, those people are awesome. I can't believe they did that. You know, but And the Bitcoin maximalists, it 10x is from here, it 20x is from there. They already have 10 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars. So they're going to be have hundreds of millions of dollars. How much have you invested in? 10, 20 exit for now and see if that's worth it to you. See if it's worth it to you. Personally, for me, I'm not trying to 10x my money. I'm trying to do more than that. I mean, the, the amount of of energy that I put into blockchain over these past few years. It's just, I'm looking for more returns. It's just the the price of entry. And I don't think that's being greedy or anything like that. It's just, I think uh, the early adopters here deserve to get rewarded as much as possible if you pick the right projects. And yeah. Yeah, it is. All right, we're coming up on that hour. We're about to finish up. If anyone has any more questions or comments, please let us know. I'm going to scroll through chat and read stuff off. And Philippe, can I put in a cheap plug? I'm going to do another um, thing on my Digital Fortress channel tomorrow where we play the Jeopardy game. Okay, no worries. But, but I don't call it Jeopardy because otherwise I'll get hit with a copyright okay. uh, infringement. But uh, tomorrow at noon, I still need to build the game, um, but I'll be doing that tomorrow. It's It was a lot of fun. People who played the first time around had a good time. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It was a lot of fun uh, with questions. Join Rick tomorrow. Join Rick tomorrow. Rick, before you, before we leave and sign out, I mean, I w- there are some new people that have joined the chat, and the numbers are going up. So maybe uh, showing the cake again uh, for, oh, the, anyone? for the new the new people that just came on. Okay, yeah. So for anybody who wasn't here at the beginning of the program, we have the Cardano. Happy birthday, Cardano. Happy birthday, Ada. That was the main thing is we're going to wrap it up with that. If you, you could check out. Here's the cake. Now, something's going to fall over. It might be the number two. It might be the entire cake, but there's the cake. It says Charles Shoe on it. Yeah, it's uh, a shoe with the <laughs> Ada A. Kind of like uh, New Balance, but not. <laughs> it's an Ada A. And uh, Charles said he was going to eat his shoe if the main Shelly mainnet didn't release in 2019. There was an announcement this morning, both the partnership with New Balance and that also the mainnet for Shelly will not be until Q1 of 2020. I'm very pretty solid confidence on that. I had low confidence in 2019. But anyway, so the cake represents all of those things. The birthday, Charles's shoe, the New Balance partnership, and there goes my two. I'm going to put this down before I'm wearing it. I want to eat this thing, man. <laughs> I'm ready to go eat this cake. I wish I could send you a piece. <laughs> That's my cake, buddy. It's ugly, man. The ugliest cake in the world. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I love it. It's my cake, and I'm going to eat that yeah. sucker. That's why I weigh like 200 pounds. <laughs> that, was a, that was an amazing cake. Amazing cake. Good job. Thank you, man. Good job on that. And uh, shout out to everyone that's in Bulgaria. I mean, I see the pictures. They're looking pretty cool. And it seems like a very remote area. So there were a lot of people there considering that uh, it's Bulgaria. So shout out to people that are in Bulgaria right now. And the Wild Hackathon passed. I heard that was that was good. They planted trees this morning, which was a good thing. Uh, that was pretty cool. 
that was with Vasil Saint Dobov. He runs, uh, he does that kind of stuff, and they all got together and did some tree planting, and that was brilliant. I think it was a great get together seeing everybody there. I got a shout out tweet from Sebastian. That was really nice of him to do that. Sebastian's there, but uh, it was good to see everybody get together. They had uh, ambassadors fly out there. Oh, I want to, co- I want an ambassador thing too. Um, my question one for the, the one I submitted. So I'm going to take that hundred dollars and convert it to ADA and we'll put it towards a prize or uh, a game or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to give that money back to uh, anyone I can in one of our games or one of our competitions. Rick, just before we leave. Yeah. Charles said the thing about the shoe at the beginning of the year, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, foreshadowing could have, could he have foreseen or the new balance partnership was already in the works is that why he chose a shoe? No, he's from the future. He's from the future. Yeah, he invented time machine like thirty years from now, and he's already, he came back in time. Okay, okay. he already knew. Yeah, he okay. knew. <laughs> he knew. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. There's a time machine. You didn't know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I don't know that either. But I'm, when I find out thirty years from now, I'll come back in time and let you know. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks everyone for joining me in the chat. Uh, we got some speculation on Ada. Oh, one million Ada is a store of value from Andalib Rana. And yeah, I think one million eight would be a combination. It would be both. You would have some sort of store value, and you would also have some spending money and some staking money. Yes, we'll see how that goes. I got to tell you, I thought you know Stellar started airdropping, and I thought it was going to make the price go down, but it, it didn't seem to affect it. Mm. It just stayed normal. I was like, wow, that's a lot to airdrop, but the, it didn't really hurt the price. It was normalish. It could have otherwise gone up, but I don't know that. Don't forget the shoe from 0000. All right. Anything else? New Balance shoes. Yes. First flyover just dialed in. New Balance shoes. The New Balance thing is that they're, uh, Cardano has a partnership. Do you have any more details than that, Philippe? I don't know any more details. That's pretty much it. Product identifi- uh, authentication. So, you know, uh, I, I that's those are the key words that were released by Charles. But October 14th, we're supposed to get the actual press release from New Balance. So I'm not sure if that's coming from New Balance or IOHK or both parties together, but we're going to have to wait for the official announcement to get more details. But it was pretty much like a 14-second clip from Bulgaria. The sound was very grainy, and Charles just announced that uh, they have a partnership with New Balance, and they're going to be using the Cardano blockchain. So I'm not sure if that's going to be an Atala-like project or they're going to be directly interacting with ADA. Who knows? We were we were speculating at the beginning of this episode, but uh, only time will tell, and the details will make themselves clear in a few weeks or a couple of weeks now. Yep. October 14th, I think we'll, by then we'll know a lot more. We'll have a lot more uh, information coming out of, out of the next week on all things Cardano, especially after this um, birthday party with everybody getting together in Plovdiv, Bulgaria. Plovdiv? Blavdiv. Blavdiv. Yeah, Blavdiv. Blavdiv, yeah. Okay. All right. That's All our right. hour, Philippe. I did get some good advice in there, though. Someone said, for Coinbase, if you buy USDC, there is no fee. Then move it to another exchange and buy ADA. Thank you, Mr. K. That's some good advice. Uh, I'm going to give that a shot. <laughs> give it a shot. Thank you, sir. All right, Philippe. Okay, so thank you everyone to for tuning in to episode 49 of the Cardano Effect podcast. We really appreciate you. We really appreciate you spending your Saturday evening with us. For some, I mean, some people it's probably Sunday already. But uh, have a great weekend. Have a great week. Stay positive. Crypto markets have been tanking, unfortunately. But we're going to get our day um, eventually. 
the network, uh, the networking phase for the testnet is out. It's not the staking phase. The incentivized testnet snapshot has not taken place yet. That's going to be mid-November, apparently. So um, we have to wait until then. But for now, you don't have to worry about staking your ADA. You don't have to be worried about delegating your ADA to a stake pool. That's not important right now. It's just the networking phase for stake pools and stake pool operators. So just stay tuned. There are going to be a lot of videos. We're going to do videos on this channel. We're going to be doing videos on our individual channels, Digital Fortress and the Phil PA channel. So just stay tuned and uh, we're here to answer your questions. Have a great weekend. We appreciate you. And until the next episode of the Cardano Effect podcast. Bye, everyone.